Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You are listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 29. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at podnuts.com slash ctg. And also, just a reminder that Podnuts has a brand new website. So if you haven't been there in a little bit, go check it out. Looks like they got one of those new themed exciting ones that pops up stuff everywhere and um, has all the shows from Jeff Hallish's show and uh, Android App Addicts and the Geeksters and everybody. Um, you can go read the notes and go listen to past shows and everything you need is there. And also check out their sponsors. Also, as a reminder, you can check out my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash callthatgirl. And I do have a bunch of how-to videos there, some past shows. And coming up, I might be doing some more live shows and recorded ones on YouTube as well. We will see. Now, this show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365, Microsoft Exchange migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I can share from my past week or so. Please remember, if you need help with learning Office 365 or Outlook, I am available for hire by the Hour Project, and I do give tech discounts if you call and need my help. Before we get going with the show, I'd like to take a moment to thank our new sponsor, well, not a new sponsor, our current sponsor, App River, Email and Web Security Specialist. App River offers phenomenal Office 365 sales and support, and they've been my preferred vendor for all my clients now for almost three years, and I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you have listened to my past shows, you've probably heard me speak about App River often. So if you're interested in working with them as a partner or a reseller, please contact my sales rep, Steve Harris, and you can email him at sharris at appriver.com. Okay, well, for those that are dedicated listeners, it's been a while since I've done a show, and uh, I um, finally planted in Las Vegas. I had 14 months on the road. If you checked out my last show with Jeff Hallish. I talked about the trip kind of more in detail. But uh, 14 months on the road, finally got myself a house here. I had all my stuff shipped. I got the cats here. And um, it's a lovely home. So if anybody wants to come to Vegas or is coming to Vegas and wants to see me, we can definitely meet up. There's definitely more to do than gamble. Because <laughs> I don't gamble much and I moved here. And it's a pretty cool town. I I really enjoy it, and the weather is so far awesome. But with the big move here, I had a lot of other things happen with business in the last couple months that I want to update everybody on before I jump into the all-killer no-filla. In the past month or so, I had to change my um, business up again, but nothing too dramatic, just a little bit. Um, I have a, a new white label partner. And with that comes different changes of business and support because you have to kind of figure out new things. And I've been with them for um, almost two solid months now coming up here. And I got to say, I'm really happy with their services and their pricing and their support and their customer service and everything. And uh, it's been it's been nice because their system is more of a, they don't invoice you per call, but rather that you pay a fee per month and then everything you send them is covered underneath that fee. So my past mentality was if I was going to send a job to a white label partner, I always got an invoice for it. And now 
it's so much nicer to send a job off to the white label partner when <laughs> I don't have to pay them. Cause now I'm actually like, I can send everything to them. And you know, I sell my prepaid tickets, which someone's already paid me for. So before I'd have to go, Oh, I got to send a job to the white label partner and they're going to bill me for it. Well, now it's just all inclusive. And, um, I really like this model of, I don't have to take care of anything. I just pay one bill a month. Everything's covered. And they also have, uh, some interesting, I think they call it the MMP plan. It's a managed, I'm not sure what the MMP means. Excuse me. But anyway, the clients can purchase this for $20 a month and it covers all tech support. So it's not just, um, it's not just like managed services only. It's, it's also tech support for everything and includes antivirus, managed services and unlimited backup. And so of course, with that $20 a month that they bill the clients, you earn a commission. So if anybody's interested in learning about this, I am just extremely happy and I'm hoping for 2016 for this to be a real big advantage to my business growth because so far I've been just thrilled and I'm real happy. Feel free to email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz if you want to chat and learn about who I'm using. Okay, now also in October there was supposed to be a big update for SharePoint and OneDrive for that to be, you know, really awesome. And, um, so I set it up from scratch and I, I, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And if anybody out there is doing it right, please let me know. And I'll have you on the show. I mean, you can be a guest and we can talk about it. I still, with my knowledge of SharePoint online and downloading OneDrive and getting all that configured, I still could not get three test files to synchronize back and forth. And I've done this for a long time. So I know that there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, we have no problems and this and that. And I still, this is maybe one of my failures, is that I just can't get these files to synchronize with the tools given to me. And um, they, I guess this update in October was supposed to fix all of it. So no joy for me. And if you know what you're doing, maybe I'll send you those calls and referrals because if I can't get something to work, I point people over to Dropbox and that's just, you know, based upon my target market of who hires me, small businesses, they just need something that's reliable and works. So that's my update on SharePoint and OneDrive as one of the Office 365 things. And uh, also then today, because I haven't worked on this computer, my command center computer for a little while, I had to try to log into Skype. And, oh, I can't even tell you how annoyed I get with these two-step authentications and all this extra security everybody's doing. Yeah, I actually realized on my laptop where I normally do shows, I think I had the very old Skype, okay? But on my computer, I had like the Skype that came up after uh, Link got removed. So it was Skype for business. So I couldn't log into that because I had the password wrong and I had the wrong, I don't know what. Then it let me log in as Facebook. And then it said, you already have an account merged with Facebook. I'm like, I do? I didn't even know I did that. So then I had to go and do all that, get rid of all that, and then I had to go download Skype from scratch. Then I could log in. But you know what? I think what's getting really just almost like overwhelming is the, the, the two-step for just about everything. Um, when I remote into people's computers to fix their Outlook, I'd say probably over, well over half, never have their password right. So we have to do what's the password game. And it's a constant chase with all these two-steps and I, I, I understand it. And I, I just wonder if it's just a little too much, but I guess if it keeps things more secured, 
Uh, I just deal with it all the time, and that's kind of my rant for the day. <laughs> I, I just am like, it's exhausting me. And now I have a password list that's insane because I can't keep track of anything anymore. But I finally got logged in, and I just added the new Skype password to the list. Well, you know what? The holidays are coming up. I know a lot of techs complain that the holidays are slow, and some say they're super busy. And I think I always just stay pretty consistent. I always kind of thought fourth quarter was a little more of a rush to, to get stuff done so they could start clean on 2016. But so far I haven't seen that. But I did actually make my numbers in November. And um, what I did, which is something you folks might want to consider, is I actually sent out a Black Friday special on Black Friday. And I did a tune-up for $59. Now, the nice thing about doing a $59 tune-up is I think I got in like 12 calls. So, I mean, that was 12 calls and a bunch of them up, upsold to our new MMP service. So, it's kind of like the carrot and the horse, you know. You, you, you kind of say, here's a good deal for the tune-up. Now, come and buy our other stuff. And it's optional. And um, I did, I think, fairly well. And people are still emailing, actually, you know, still this week saying, hey, can we still buy it? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll let it go for a while. But the nice thing is, is just before Black Friday, I had a client that wanted to book an appointment with me on uh, Thanksgiving. And I thought it was kind of strange. I was like, and actually, it was like his COO that wanted to book the appointment on Thanksgiving. I said, well, you know what? Honestly, I don't have anything going on. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm not near my family. I'm not around anything. I don't have anything to do, so I took the appointment. And that hour I spent with that guy, he was the CEO of the company, and it's a, a pretty big company. He and I had such a great bond that he was like, I'm going to get you more business. And I'm like, sure, whatever. Everybody says that, right? Well, on, th on Black Friday when I sent out the newsletter, he emailed and CC'd, um, half of the VPs in the company and said, I want to buy 15 hours of her tech support and everybody's getting trained. And I, what I did with him on Thanksgiving was helped him without looking some personal training stuff. So that was kind of a super awesome black Friday for me. Cause not only did I get the 12 or so tune-ups, I also got 15 hours of prepay or sorry of, uh, of training time. So, you know, if I, the CEO kind of said, you know, Lisa, you have to work a little more than nine to five. And so I kind of learned that in the last week or so that, yeah, I do have to work more than 95, nine to five, and I have no excuses not to. And, uh, you know, as long as there's some limitations, I've, I've kind of took that mentality out of my brain. And I think I keep that for 2016 is work a little harder because I don't feel like I have been working hard enough and that happens. But so anyway, back to the topic I was talking about is the holidays are slow. So you know, if, you've, if you're noticing that you need a little pickup in your sales, throw out a newsletter, give out a, a short tune-up. It won't hurt you any. I haven't offered free tune-ups to my prepay clients. I only had three bite. So, I mean, you're really not going to lose money by offering stuff, and look what happens. You never know. A client maybe that you haven't heard from in a while will come back. But uh, you know what? The last month, like I said, was kind of like average. I'm getting a lot of aftercare calls. So the topic for today's show is going to be Office 365 aftercare. And I'll talk about it here after I review some of the jobs of the week. But uh, I want you guys that are listening and have been listening to understand why aftercare is really important to um, kind of like forming that relationship with the client and creating the bond you need. 
uh, after you've done a migration and maybe they're a fresh client, I find it very important and it's uh, one of my big cells of my migration work. But before we talk about that, I want to review a few jobs I did. Um, let's see here. I got nothing horrific, if you can believe that. No horrific jobs. And since my last show I said there was no horrific jobs, I think I've really learned to manage the jobs better with the expectations, as I always say. So I really have nothing bad to say except for just some interesting little tidbits here. Um, for those that do like what I do, online reservations and, uh, you know, you have to get a credit card before the job. You know, I had a guy that called and he was like, well, okay, yep, let's do it tomorrow. And since he calls, I don't make him do the online reservation. But I take his credit card and then I email him the client agreement form, which is always, to me, those two things, book the appointment, right? And he goes, well, I don't want to give you my credit card until the appointment. And I said, well, I keep the credit card. I authorize an hour to hold the appointment. He goes, well, why do you do that? I'm like, well, because what if you decided at the appointment time you don't want it anymore? He's like, so? I'm like, okay, then I don't bill time that hour for anybody. I wasn't being a bitch about it either. I was just saying, you know, like, well, it's my process policy. But that's the point. Is <laughs> It secures you to for that time. And second of all, it holds you accountable. I'm thinking... So then he goes, well, I'm not sure if I want to do this, Lisa, so let me call you back and I'm going to check into some other stuff. And I said, okay. And then he emails me and says, yes, I'm just not comfortable giving you my credit card. Okay, you know what? It's not like I called him, right? <laughs> and and I he went to my website. I'm a legitimate company. Uh, and I, I, I know a lot of people are scared of the virtual stuff, but I'm like, credit cards, if someone bills you for something, you just call the credit card company back and they just charge it back. I've had zero problems with chargebacks ever, the few I've had, and and I don't get any from my company. I mean, if I give someone a refund, it's generally because I owe them money. So I don't understand why people fret this credit card thing, but I just thought that was kind of funny because I stick to my processes. And the better I stick to them, the better my life goes. Because I've learned that, and I talked about this on Jeff's show, that the two people that I trusted to pay me canceled right before the appointment and they never rebooked. Well, one lady rebooked actually, but the other one didn't. And that to me is a time waster. My time is billable, very tight, and I give the appropriate, appropriate amount of time for my clients too. So to me, it's, it's like a consultant, you know, and I have the right price for my hourly rate, but I just kind of feel like I need to have that credit card and that form to make it official. And I, um, in, in, in adjacent to that, I actually changed my, uh, um, excuse me, my online reservations to, I used to have $49 deposit. Now I changed it to $139 because a lot of people, no matter what you can tell them, they see a number, they think that's your hourly rate. And what they would do is pay the $49 deposit and still think that was my hour. And I talked about this a couple shows ago. So I actually have it in my client agreement form. There's a checkbox that says, you have to pay 139 hour. So now I changed the online deposit to be 139 and actually I've got more bookings. I think that the $49 made me look too cheap. I don't know, but I'm getting people I've never met pay me that 139 and fill out the form and I help them on their appointment, not, not once talking to them, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> that to me is a, a trust factor right there. But, um, so yeah, he didn't give me his credit card and 
he never called back, so whatever. So those kind of clients you don't want anyway, right? Type A personality. Maybe that's what I call them. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. I did have a Gmail messaging recall nightmare, which I haven't seen one this bad, and I don't know how long or if I ever have seen one. A uh, client, consistent client calls in, says, my Gmail, I sent an email out to a group of people. I recalled the message, but now one person on my team, uh, hers keeps bouncing back to me, seeing it was unsuccessful. So the sender is getting thousands of bounce backs, and the person that had it corrupted is also getting a thousands, excuse me, thousands of emails. Uh, I think it was like six a minute. I mean, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Okay, so what I did to fix that was I remoted into the sender and I first made, um, I cleared out all the sent items because it was, I, I, you know, without knowing much about it yet, I just had to do what's like called emergency surgery just to stop the emails because it was, it was distracting them so much. So the first thing I did was actually, I made a filter in the sender. So the, so the filter shot that email to the trash. So that would, get out of the inbox. So at least that fixed that. Then I went to the recipient and I did the same thing for her, except hers was the one bouncing it over. So then I had to go and find that corrupted message in hers. And I moved that to the, the actually I moved it to a PST file. I got it off the server completely. Then I went back to the sender and I actually moved that message that she recalled off the server as well. So I can't tell uh, exactly what the bouncing back and forth was being caused from, but I know it had to do with something on their server. So removing both of the corrupted uh, messages uh, was what needed to be done. And eventually it all just stopped because I took it off the server level. So um, both the clients I've worked with before, and I have PSTs already for them, they, they happen to have a, just a lot of emails every day that are coming in from forms so they're not like regular emails and the forms are constant that they have to go and like update into other records. So I, I work with them all the time. They get a ton of sent mail. And as I've told you folks, Gmail with Outlook, just you can hoard a lot of email. And it's a lot different. That all mail folder and the important folder are the biggies. So I work with them a lot. So I already have a PST file. So that is what fixed that issue. So if you ever see that in Outlook with Gmail, that should do it yank everything off the server. And you know what? I had another, last week I was kind of lucky. I got two people in one day that called for migrations. I haven't got a lot of migration calls lately. And I think I know why is because these big name companies are starting to get more people to jump on the bandwagon to migrate which is that's maybe why I'm getting more aftercare calls. I'm just trying to figure it out the market right now because I'm not getting the migrations as much, but I'm getting more aftercare. And this client called me and she said, uh, now this is just an example of DNS gone wrong or DNS gone wild. She called, said, I want to migrate. I tried this last year. It was a horrible mess. I, I am scared, but I, you know, I need to do it. And I said, that's fine. Let's get you over. Right? Well, Okay, so I start doing my DNS investigation <laughs> so I can log in and update records and stuff. And I literally went through four different companies trying to figure out where her DNS was. And it's really in nowhere land. I talked to all four of the companies, 
couldn't figure it out. And then uh, talked to App River, who I work with, and they said it's here. And I said, well, it's not there anymore, but, you know, it should be. Then we talked to, uh, well, actually, she transferred her domain at that point to GoDaddy. Now, I'm not a DNS master by any means. I generally go in, update records, and get out. I mean, I don't even mess with anything with what I'm not supposed to. I kept telling her, though, <laughs> I don't know if what you're going to do is going to break your website. I don't know anything. So, again, I manage the expectation. This is not my area of expertise, and if you break something, I cannot help you. I did have a referral person, which is my web designer, who knows more about all that than me. But anyway, she went and did the uh, GoDaddy domain registration transfer, and, or domain, whatever she needed to do. And it happened in like an hour and a half, which is really too fast. I know it usually takes like three, four, five days, whatever. So I go log into GoDaddy's and the DNS zone editor was empty and it says, you don't have the editing rights here. And there was nothing. So I called her back and said, yet again, you know, <laughs> I can't do anything. And just to stop this story and go back a few days, the first day I helped her, me and her couldn't even get Outlook, to the, excuse me, Office 2016 to download. It was just, I feel bad for her. She's like technically challenged without any without it being her fault at all but uh, we finally did get the you know after 45 minutes uh the office 365 2016 to be ready to download then we decided to wait and she's working off outlook 2007 with a very old old pst file so i hadn't even backed up anything at that point because i don't install any new software unless i'm confident and with hers i wasn't so i wanted to get a backup first then we got stopped by this dns zone editor problem and then she calls me and says, look, I just want to work with GoDaddy on everything. Um, I just said, hey, you know what? I've already spent an hour and a half on this job trying to figure it all out. And so luckily I know that GoDaddy's going to do a half job. <laughs> so I'll do the aftercare with her and it'll still be equal to a migration. You know, I mean, the aftercare is where I get <laughs> my bread and butter now. <laughs> so anyway, just a heads up to the migration folks is that the, the DNS stuff, like I said, I'm not a master or an expert at it. And it can be confusing chasing that down. I've talked about this before, but but that's why you have to prep and get all that information and do the testing before you do a migration because, you know, and I feel really bad. Her website is old. All the DNS stuff is old. It's I haven't told her on the first day. I'm like, wow, this stuff's really old. Like, it doesn't look anything current. Like, any of the control panels I log into, it was kind of like made in the 90s. And she was like, yeah, I don't even work with this company anymore. I'm like, well, then we got to get you off. Anyway, I, there's not even a learning lesson in this story. It's just a story of how sometimes my jobs can go. And I just have learned people get frustrated. I stay calm and I sleep well at night because I did my job. And there's no more drama. <laughs> no more. Alrighty, then I finished up an awesome cleanup job on a lady out in California with her contacts. I actually had to outsource some of that work. And if you ever need um, somebody to do a whiz-bang job at cleaning up contacts, I mean, we're talking like serious, not just like import in without duplicates. I'm talking about going through line by line and using Excel formulas to, or calculations or whatever they call it, to find 
contacts and duplicates and organize the fields for Outlook, please let me know. I know that my guy, and he's probably listening right now, he knows who he is. He's, he's, a, he's a listener of the show. Um, he is for hire, and he is looking for side work, doing Excel work. So I definitely uh, would love to recommend him. But I worked with this lady for two and a half hours. She had contacts in iCloud, Gmail, Outlook, and then I think she had five other Outlook PST files with tons of different backups named, like five different names. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was just kind of exporting out all the information. Now remember, iCloud and Gmail don't have the same fields for the contacts. And so basically, I just dumped, I think, eight files in his lap, my tech, and I just said, have at it. And he spent 10 hours with this client's data cleaning it all up. It was kind of crazy. Then once the data got cleaned up, I took it over and had to do the finishing up. So overall, I mean, it was like a 13, 14 hour job, probably when we're all done. And that's for contact cleanup. And when people spend all these years using, you know, the iCloud on their phone and using Gmail with this and that, and you know, they, they just want one contact list. So not everybody's ever going to need a contact cleanup. That's, you know, fifteen $1,500, but Hey, if it's important to someone, they'll pay it. And it's their own fault for not, well, it's not their own fault, like negatively. It's just people get overwhelmed with, they don't know what they're doing with their technology. So my goal was to have her use an exchange server to keep everything synchronized. And so far, that's why I said I still have more time with this client because we have to upload it to the exchange. And then we're going to stop having them use Gmail and, and iCloud and all this other junk which, you know, I call junk because it's not my favorite, but uh, get it down to just one system. And then her assistant can actually update the contacts too and keep it all managed well. And for the amount of money she's paying in, it's probably well worth that one time. So if you have a client that needs that help, feel free to email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz, and I'll send you over my referral guy. And then uh, it's Saturday today, December 5th, and I took a Saturday appointment. I'm doing an aftercare call for a GoDaddy client. Actually, I'm remoted in right now and I'm waiting on the migration synchronization to finish because what this client did was they bought into the GoDaddy sales pitch, which GoDaddy's really good at is moving people, their current clients or new ones over to Office 365. They're good at giving them great deals, right? Like, hey, we're going to give you hundred dollars off if you buy two years or whatever the case is. Um, they're good at pushing you to do the migration fast without any knowledge of your outlook setup at all, which kind of cracks me up because a lot of people have a lot of messed up stuff going on and they have no problem saying, yeah, let's just do that migration right now. <laughs> well, my client actually ended up doing her own migration because she was on hold for too long ago. Daddy, she started clicking the buttons. Next thing you know, she's migrating her own server. <laughs> so she ended up doing it all herself. And by the way, GoDaddy now charges for migration, which I was not aware of. She said they charge $100 a mailbox to do it with, uh, I think, probably Migration Wiz or something similar. So I told her, I said, well, they're charging less than me, but I, again, I do professional-grade migration work, in my opinion. So, <laughs> you, you know, so they... She actually didn't buy their migration. She just got them to 
sell the products. She did the migration herself. Then she called me. She found me through a referral. And so far today, we've spent two hours doing the aftercare and fine-tuning, I guess you could call it. And like I said, uh, I'm starting to do a lot of this kind of work, which to me is like pfft, easy. And I love it when people call and they're like, oh, it's such a mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll fix it because this is what I do every day. So anyway, right now I'm sitting there waiting for his server to migrate because, um, not migrate, synchronize. And then when that's done, I have to back up his server because now she had to go upgrade his. <laughs> I don't get why they would do this without telling the client how it works. But the client bought Office 365 business and the other one got email essentials. So the one was only paying $5. The other one's paying $12.50. And I said, well, so then she had some old account with a $99 a year home version that she logged her partner into. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I guess I don't care if you still use that $99 one because it's none of my business. But she didn't pay for it last renewal. So it was outdated. And I said, look, let's just, you go call GoDaddy and get the upgrade so you both are on the same Office 365 business plan, the $12.50 a month, get that done, and then I will back up this because they have to kill his mailbox off and make a new one. So basically all the work I did, I had to, to do it all again, <laughs> which I'm fine with, but it's just these little snags that you don't know about. And that's why I, I just, I'm glad I took this job on a Saturday. It was a nice, relaxing day. We're getting it done. And the best part is, is that she came from a referral and people like that are good, you know, referral folks. And I love referrals. All right. Well, I think we can move on to the aftercare chat. I've done tons of calls, but not all of them are exciting. A lot of them are just plain outlook fixes and stuff. I, I haven't had a gigantic problem in a while. Nothing juicy to fix. But, um, but let's talk about aftercare for Office 365, and I'll kind of give you some tips on what I do. Um, and this is, you know, just kind of the generic stuff, basically. Um, so when I do my own migration work, there's a few things that I always do. With Outlook 2013 and 16, for sure, I jump right to the add-ins, and I disable all the com ones that don't need to be there. Usually you need Exchange if you're using Exchange. And if they have a Adobe or Natural Speaking Dragon or some antivirus, whatever, keep those checked. But uncheck everything else. Then I go and turn on their pictures so they don't see the red X's. Then I go to the advanced area and disable the hardware graphics. And those three things normally make their outlook speed up just with those three little tricks alone. The pictures don't really affect it, but at least they don't get to see the red X and you're in there anyway. And then I um, go make sure that all the folders are set right from the, from the syncing and the migration. I go make sure that the permissions are all granted correctly for their Outlook, excuse me, for their calendar and contact sharing. That's very important uh, because if they're like, hey, I can't see someone's calendar, you want to make sure you have all those permissions correct. And I also do it for, excuse me, the calendar contacts, and not many people share the inbox anymore. Then I make sure that their phone is synchronized with the Exchange server and, and getting to know, oh boy, you know, I'm not a fan of Android, but the iPhone is pretty simple for me. But, you know, helping someone with the with the iPhone, you just really need to know the iPhone pretty good and the mailbox 
and the default settings and the calendar settings and I can normally get a phone done in like two three minutes it doesn't take long but for a, you know for someone that doesn't understand you know you have to go slower and and wait for them to click the right button and you know they it takes a little time and then I also make sure that their signatures are set up the address book is correct and just to keep in mind that those that work in the corporate world yeah the, the address book is defaulted to the global address list but if you're dealing with a solopreneur or someone in a very small team they definitely want their contacts in their address book okay and oh that reminds me I got something else here I'm take a note so don't forget they they definitely want to see their own contacts and so then I go into the tools area of the address book and go set everything to default to their own contacts and then that usually makes them very happy and you also want to make sure that you save a copy of their old auto cache and install that well not install but configure it so when they're out looking they start typing those people they start typing a name and that name is not there and there's no names you they will be very upset you have to make sure that that is done because that's actually what they call their address book is when you start typing and people you could see all the a's let's say and all the a's start filling up and if that's not there you're getting a call because they feel like it's gone and so I do have a video on YouTube about how to how to do that auto cache with the nk2 edit tool and uh, I actually have a real fast way I do it now um, I don't even use tools I just copy and paste and pretty much I make a copy of the old auto I think it's called stream auto complete that's the exact name of it I make a copy I put it into a new folder so there's always a copy and then I renamed the new one to the old one and I replaced the old one on top of the new one literally it takes me no time at all then you have to close Outlook relaunch it and those names should come back but uh, they will want that for sure then just also make sure that all the email is uh, synchronized with the server make sure you tell people to leave their Outlook open all night long and to watch for uh, at the bottom of Outlook where it says all folders up to date then their Outlook should work normal again um, I kind of do that after, right after the migration because I get all their email and all their data in it's just sitting there waiting on the on the the speed of their internet to how fast they can upload it to the server and sometimes it can take a while because oh yeah people are on slow internet and that's been discussed here before as well but uh, I don't know the aftercares I usually schedule it out the next day and if you do a good job with the final touches this is where I've learned when you're helping them and they're not on the computer get all the final touches done because the next day your aftercare is almost nothing because they're like no they'll find some tweak or something that's you know like hey the views wrong I don't like the blue why is that so black the fonts too small little things but you know if you do all your final touches by yourself then they're pretty happy and they feel like they've got a completed migration so I've learned through all the years of doing these just I try to think how the, the end user is going to think <laughs> try to catch it beforehand try to catch it beforehand I don't know I think that might be kind of it for the aftercare in a nutshell I mean that's uh, uh, quite a bit it doesn't take long because I'm so fast with it now but uh, see if I have anything else I want to chat about you know, folks, I think that might be it. Uh, just uh, remember to give my tech a call, not my tech, my sales rep, Steve Harris at sharris at appriver.com. If you want to talk about what products they sell, if you want to become a reseller or a partner, 
um, and see what else within their all the other product lines they have. You can email me, Lisa at callthatgirl.biz, and if you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it on social media. If you're a tech who needs help uh, learning migrations or want to refer me a migration or you just want help with Outlook or anything, I'm available. You can also purchase my ebooks at callthatgirl.biz slash publications. And right now I am extending my Black Friday sale for, for a little while here for uh, $24.99. Uh, get all six books and then they're going to go back up to normal rates in a little bit here. Uh, and I do have the new book called How to Start a Computer Repair Business that I wrote over the holidays last year, which was a lot of fun to do. And even if you have a successful business, there's always a nugget or two you can take away from it. Anyway, this has been a Podence production, audio supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks again to our sponsor, AppRiver. Be sure to check out other Podnuts podcasts, Podnuts Daily, Android Apps Addicts, links for the rest of us and the Geeksters. And uh, you can check me out on social media at Twitter at callthatgirl.biz and uh, LinkedIn slash callthatgirl, Facebook slash callthatgirl. And um, if you want to be a guest or have anything you want to email me, feel free again to email me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. And thank you for listening, and see you next time. Bye-bye.